Well, hello White Sox fans. Sorry about that little technical difficulty. Hopefully you guys made it in here okay. Um, I am Ian Eskridge. I am here with my co-host, Danny Miller. How you doing, Danny? I'm uh, doing pretty good. You know, just another Monday night with uh, technical difficulties here. So uh, what else is new, huh? Yeah, go figure, right? Um, yeah, so um, watching the Bulls game here, I didn't. I missed. I missed the final score. I'm not sure what the heck happened, but uh, they were up by a couple going into the last minute. There, these guys, uh, pretty pretty exciting stuff. Pretty pretty stoked about it. Yeah, uh, they look really really good. So, at least somebody in Chicago is playing well right now. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, I'll take it. Uh, at least somebody's. Uh, yeah, the uh, Blackhawks not so much. That's been pretty. Uh, that's been oh. pretty pretty brutal. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, some people would like to have you believe that uh, adding the uh, recent Vezina Trophy winner is uh, going to make you uh, a better team, but uh, not so much. Yeah. I And our uh, one of our old cohorts, uh, Patrick Flowers, is now covering the Blackhawks for uh, Bleacher Report. And uh, he's got to watch that hot mess every day. So. Uh, my uh, my feelings, uh, my, my uh, condolences. Yeah, I, I uh, my my feelings go out to him. I feel I feel pretty bad for him. Um, yeah, so uh, not quite sure what happened there, but the uh, for whatever reason the PC uh, the OBS just decided to crash and uh, sit there and drop frames like crazy. So not quite sure what happened there, but here we are and uh, welcome to another episode of White Sox Daily Live and. Uh, so, well, we've got not much, uh, not much real baseball to talk about, um, but yeah, unfortunately, uh, got a uh, nice uh, Astros Braves World Series coming up here. Um, yeah, exciting. I don't really have a rooting interest at all. Yeah, I, I, not, not excited. That would, that would be how nah. I would. Uh, how I would explain my feelings towards the whole thing. Yeah. I, I was kind of hoping, you know, I, I didn't type that in the chat, so I, I couldn't use the sarcasm font, but you know, you know what I meant. You knew what I was getting at. Yeah. Uh, you know, at least the Braves are uh, at least an up and coming team. Uh, I kind of got sick of them there in the, uh, you know, the nineties. So I kind of have the same, uh, the same tiredness of them, I guess. And, um, it's not that they're a bad team. Uh, in fact, they're a quite interesting team. And uh, I was having this conversation um, with a friend of mine that we have a very young team, for the most part, with some some veterans sprinkled in there. But uh, you've got uh, Lucas Giolito's high school uh, rotation mate in uh, Max Freed. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, the KG veteran who was the MVP last year. Sound familiar at first base? Uh, Freddie Freeman. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And their uh, their uh, big uh, their big center fielder got injured. Uh, sounds familiar. Out for uh, months and months. And uh, here they are going to the World Series. Uh, meanwhile, the White Sox... Uh, you know, not so much. Did, did a little bit, just enough, <laughs> just enough to not get swept. 
I mean, let's, I'll just be honest with it right there because that's pretty much exactly what happened is they did, you know, just enough to not get swept. So yeah. uh, I can watch the Braves and be envious. And uh, I don't know if I want that for myself. Well, you know, let's put it like this. Uh, in the last two years, Ricky Renteria has a better winning percentage than Tony LaRusa does in the postseason. Yeah, so there's that. That's fair. Uh, I mean, granted, it was only a a three game series, but yeah, he does have a better winning percentage at three thirty three. So yep. uh, yeah, there's that. Uh, that's disheartening. Uh, also, that uh, Tony Larusa, the uh, the guy who was brought in by ownership to uh, lead the White Sox to the promised land, has just as many playoff victories in the last. Uh, you know, 28 years as Ricky Renteria. So there's that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we can uh, continue to uh, beat that horse to death. Ah, Bulls win 111 to 108. How do you like that? Four nice. and 0. Four and 0 nice. Chicago Bulls. 82 and 0, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Um, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. You know, why not? I mean, hey, you know what? This team seems to be gelling a lot more than the team they put together last year. Uh, with some of those midseason additions they got last year, uh, kind of, you know, finding their way and a few additions in the offseason, they look like they're going to be pretty good. I think uh, I think Bulls fans are in for a, a, a treat this year. I don't think this is going to slow down anytime soon. Yeah, you know what's really odd? Uh, to draw a parallel to the uh, to the White Sox, um, they brought in uh, some grinders for their uh, for the for the team. They brought in uh, Alex Caruso and uh, and Lonzo Ball, who are both uh, you know heady defensive guys with uh, fire and grit. Sound familiar? Uh, the only difference is that these two guys can actually play the game that they're being employed to play. So there's that. <laughs> Oh, you know, we can make a plethora of uh, White Sox comparisons, and none of them are going to stand up on the south side here. Not good for them, anywho. Um, no. Off, yeah, no, they did. They did. Uh, yeah, we're just TLR haters. I don't think so, so much. White Sox Premium <laughs> K. Uh, they, yeah, they did. Uh, they did. Uh, they had a nice lead there, and then they managed to. Uh, have to shoot free throws within the last few seconds just to win. But, you know, hey, I'll take the 4-0. There's going to be games like that, especially in the NBA. You know, they uh, that kind of thing happens, you know, is that the, the game looks all all but decided after the third quarter and then the fourth quarter comes and then it's like they really start playing. So, you know, either way, result, I'll take it. Um, yeah, so I figured tonight um, was a good as night as any to start uh, looking at the roster construction of your Chicago White Sox. And, I mean, why uh, not? Yeah, why not? I mean, uh, so we got much else to talk about, unfortunately. Um, no, no, we sure don't. I mean, unless you want to talk about this really unexciting upcoming World Series, which I really don't have much to say. It'd be a short stream. Yeah, uh, like 10, 15 minutes. Max. Um, yeah, so... Um, 
And also another thing that we wanted to go over is I, I figured we'd take uh, a look at the uh, at the outfields. Um, you know what we got out of the outfielders for this year, and uh, kind of not necessarily do a uh, a blanket grade for all of them. The Giggities, thank you, sir. Thank you for the follow. All right. Yeah. So uh, you know, I I, I don't want to do like a, a blanket uh, grade system for them because there's too much. Uh, I don't know. It was such a strange year with all the injuries and people playing out of position. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess just like your top, uh, what was it? Your top four outfielders were all injured within the first, uh, what, three weeks or something like that? Um, Pretty but, much, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and, well. the, and the only one that was um, that was good to go on opening day was uh, Eaton. Who was your uh, your big time positional uh, upgrade in the off season, and uh, and he was injured shortly there afterwards. After uh, I mean, he did have a first like his first two weeks of the season were pretty good, and I was guardedly optimistic that uh, you know that he could play a competent slash decent outfield for the White Sox, and unfortunately that. Uh, that did not come to pass, and um, he ended up getting injured. And uh, yeah, that was that was about what we got out of uh, what we got out of him. Got about uh, two decent weeks, and then the rest of it was uh, garbage for the most part. You know, um, we did uh, get some nice errors out of him in the outfield, and um, you know, drop pop flies and uh, strikeouts and ground outs and. You know, more injury list, uh, more IL stints. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, so I figured we'd go go over that and go through uh, and just take a quick look at everybody that uh, played some time in the outfield. Also wanted to go over uh, the 40-man roster and uh, take a look at the Rule 5 draft as well. Um it's going to be a rough conversation. Yeah, it's uh, just going to throw that out there right now. That's going to be a tough conversation for just about anybody who wants to undertake that one. Yeah, well, Again, I mean, those moments that I do not envy Rick Hahn and his brain trust over there because, uh, oof, they got some decisions to make. Yeah, things did, uh, you know, the, the pandemic, when you look at what the White Sox had or what you what you thought that they had and then you go to uh 2020 and there's a 60 game season and a bunch of guys who you were more or less thinking you know okay well here's the time where we are going to find out exactly what this team has and we're going to get these guys in there to do some uh, to do, you know, get some innings for the pitchers and see what they are. And then we're going to, um, you know, get some extra at bats for a bunch of the bigger prospects that uh, everybody thought was going to be something. And uh, unfortunately, uh, that time is, you know, it came to an end, unfortunately, uh, with that 60 game season. And then it just kind of thrust everybody into a, uh, well, let's see what we've got here now that. 
you know, we've had a our guys have had a year off, and now let's see, you know, if they can pick up where they left off, and uh, hopefully we'll see what we have. And, and as as we saw from uh, a majority of our minor league system, is that a bunch of people were rusty. So that'll be uh, an interesting talk as well. Um, yeah. So, anywho, I'm trying to figure out this yeah, computer here. Uh, it's doing all sorts of weird stuff. Having all really? sorts of yeah, I'm having like all sorts of like uh, drop frames and stuff with this thing. Who the heck knows? I'm my CPU's running at like twelve percent, and for whatever reason, it's saying, "Oh, we're having problems." Even though I've got a uh, a video card that's uh, you know, one hundred and fifty percent of what I had before. So, whatever. Guess I'll have to okay. figure that out as I go along here. So, um, let's see here. Yeah, what we got? Uh, looks like we're down to two viewers, which I'm guessing is you and me. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, let's see. We here. did have a handful in here in the chat. Oh, but, uh, is in here. Yeah, we got a couple of guys in here. It's 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 lying to us the uh, the the count, but. Um, okay. Yeah, whatever. I mean, as long as this thing keeps on recording, I'm going to keep on talking. So, yes, yeah, sir. Let's do this. Yes. We're here for a reason. So Let's talk some White Sox baseball. All right. So let's go ahead and just go ahead and take a look at uh, what the 40-man roster is currently looking like at this moment. Now, keep in mind that we're going to have to go through and uh, figure out exactly who we figure to be there. I guess we can just go ahead and do it on a uh, – a, you know, name by name basis. I don't want to get too crazy with it because I mean, obviously, there's a bunch of people you know are going to stick around. So, just go right. ahead and take a look. All right. So, um, obviously, uh, Bummer, Cease, Crochet, Giolito, Hendricks, um, Kopech. Ronaldo Lopez, I would imagine, is probably going to stick around. Uh, Lance Lynn sticking around. Um, and then we've got a bunch of question marks. Uh, there's 20 names on here. There's a couple of uh, couple of injuries. You've got uh, Jimmy Cordero who's doing his rehab. I don't know if you saw. He posted on uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter the other day. It was his birthday the other day. He's down in Arizona doing rehab, uh, hanging out with all the uh, instructionals guys. Um, right. He's rehabbing, and then uh, news came down this week that Evan Marshall was more than likely going to miss miss all of next season because he just had he either he did or he's going to shortly uh, from now have uh, Tommy Johnson. Yeah. So there goes another one. I mean, it's uh, how many times has this happened? For crying out loud! Young Sox pitchers just getting eaten alive. It's uh, wow. It's been tough. Yeah, pretty insane. Um, so uh, we have a couple of guys up there that are uh, eligible for uh, arbitration. Um, two guys that came over in the uh, initial Adam Eaton deal, uh, Giolito and Lopez, both up for ARB, uh, both on their ARB too. Um, Spot Track had uh, Giolito at 8.25 and Ronaldo at 2.75, so that's $11 million between the two of them. Um, I... Fully expect both of them to get that kind of a number. Um, 
I don't see uh, I don't see the White Sox. Uh, I mean, you know, you know how these arbitration hearings go is that uh, the player sits there and uh, gives all their accomplishments and says, well, here's why I deserve this money. And then the White Sox uh, arbitration lawyers come up with all sorts of numbers and tell the player why they suck. <laughs> and this is why we're only going to pay you or $8.25 million instead of uh, $8.75 million that you're asking for or whatever. You know, it's always like nickel and diming and, you know, nonsense. And uh, I would not be surprised to see uh, some silliness come out of that. But, you know, who knows? It could be that, uh, you know, Giolito finally gets that uh, extension that we've all been thinking that he was more than likely going to get at some point. Um, now, you know, after oh, this past days. year, um, he might want to hold off on that. I don't know. What do you think about that? Uh, you know, I I don't really know how that's going to go. Um, I think that it, it, oh man okay so here's my thoughts Giolito is going to be looking for an extension as soon as possible if I'm Lucas if I'm Lucas Giolito I'm looking for a contract extension unfortunately as we went over the numbers last stream last week uh the White Sox uh are closer to that uh the first uh the first tier of the CBT, the competitive balance tax, uh, you know, some might call it a, a soft cap. Uh, if Lucas Giolito gets the kind of money that he's looking for in an extension, that's going to really put the White Sox in a, a really precarious position. So, uh, I, you know, if they go through arbitration, I expect them to probably give him as high a number as they possibly can to get away. Uh, with you know doing so and keeping them and trying to keep everybody as happy as possible, but uh, it's just kind of a tough situation, honestly. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Um, although you know, as I said, you know, I the thing I wonder about Giolito is if he's going to try and uh, hope that next year he catches lightning in a bottle and uh, really has a great year next year. Um, after last, you know, after last season and the season before, you know, when we were thinking about uh, extensions for Giolito, everybody was, you know, coming up with some astronomical numbers. And uh, after this season, uh, he started off uh, less than, uh, less than stellar. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't bad by any, you know. no, you know, and the thing is, is I'm sure that anybody that, you know, in his camp, including his, uh, his agent is going to use the shortened or the COVID shortened season last year as, uh, as kind of a, a, a buffer for, you know, what he went through early in the season. But as we, you know, we saw, he did come back pretty strong, uh, later, you know, he didn't get off to the best start, but the thing is, is none of these Sox pitchers went really all that well. Like we can talk about how well they did, but they couldn't get past, you know, the fourth and fifth inning for the better part of the season. And that doesn't bode well for contract talks. Uh, you know, the bullpen that was supposed to be the strong point of this team was pretty much overworked because none of these guys could get the job done. You know, like I said, longer than four or five innings. So, 
Uh, that might be something that the White Sox use uh, against these guys. Um, you know, when you talk about nickel and diamond and, you know, cutting arbitration salaries. But uh, I I would imagine that, you know, Luke's going to go ahead and he's going to try to get as much po- money as he possibly can. Because let's be honest, we look at all these other White Sox pitchers, like we mentioned earlier in the, in the stream tonight, that a lot of these guys are going down with TJ at young ages. And, um, you know, I a guy in Lucas's position has got to wonder when his day is coming. Well, he's and, already had one. Like, so, right. Yeah, there's, but you know, we're seeing, you know, guys get the second one you know, more often than we ever have before. And you gotta, you know, you gotta wonder when, when, when is that arm going to fall off? And these guys are all trying to get paid at a young age, especially starting pitchers. I mean, we're, we can talk about this with position players as well, but starting pitchers really are trying to get these, these, you know, monster contracts as early as possible. So I don't know. Yeah. You know, again, it's one of those situations where uh, the team, their lawyers and Lucas and his team and his agents are all going to have to kind of sit down and come together. But prognosticating this, we could go either way. I, I could, I could fight for him getting that contract extension. I could fight for the white Sox and say that, you know, maybe he doesn't deserve the full arbitration value. So uh, I'd like to kind of see where your head's at on that and what, you know, what you think, which way would be the best way to go. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, like I said, you know, I mean, he, uh, he started off the season a little bit, uh, a little bit slower this year and his command was not as nice, you know, as, as good as, as we were hoping for, you know, I mean, you came into the season thinking that he's going to be the lockdown ace, you know, and that we actually had two lockdown aces in uh, in Lynn and Giolito, and you know we we've talked about this before that that we've seen Lynn tail off towards the you know the second half of the you know the later second half of the season. You know, I would say it's more than likely uh, you know a lot to do with the fact that the dude loves to eat innings. You know, I'm sure that that probably has quite a bit to do with it. Um, Right, and this isn't this isn't just a this year thing. This is a yeah. Lance Lynn throughout his career thing. Yeah, this is a this is a going back years thing. This is not, um, this is not a unique situation. Um, and you know, both of those guys end up uh, going down with injuries um, for you know just little little tiny like nagging things. You know. Uh, Lance had the uh, the back, and then uh, Gilito had what he had a hamstring, or was it a hamstring or was it a knee? I can't remember. Um, uh, I believe it was uh, Kopech was the knee, right? I think. Yeah, I, I think, think. I think. Uh, yeah, Gilito was a hamstring. Yeah, I think cap. so. Yeah. So you know, you both have them. You have both of them missing time coming down the stretch, and when both of them came back, I mean, Gilito, you know, uh, was was obviously pretty decent um lynn his innings started uh started to tank a little bit uh on his starts he when he came back from his injury he never quite got back to you know where he was at kind of uh reminiscent of uh 2020 keichel you know where he had his little back injury and when he came back he was not the same and you know his his uh innings started going down as well and then uh you saw him in the playoffs last year and you know, after all these uh, these long speeches and uh, talking about it in the media, and his mom saying uh, playoffs or something, 
bitch. I, I forget what it was, but he said he said so, she said something uh, something funny, and um, you know everybody held that against Keuchel, and I mean you can't really argue because his uh, his season this year was not up to snuff. So the question is, you know, uh, what what can we expect next year? Uh, are they gonna Are they gonna deal Keuchel? Are they going to uh, you know keep him keep him around for the uh, the the veteran presence, or just having another starter around? And is that going to eat into innings for Kopech and Crochet? Blah blah blah. I mean, this there are so many questions uh, with with the roster construction of what they're going to do. That that's why I kind of kind of wanted to head this one off at the at the pass uh, early and at least have some conversations and uh, see what's going to happen. I mean, we got uh, you know roughly about uh, a week or so until uh, all that stuff starts happening. So and qualifying offers, uh, what like within three days after the World Series or something like that, they have to put out. Right. So. Right. Yeah, um, you know, I, I imagine that, you know, the White Sox are probably because of their uh and I don't want to call them financial woes. It's just the the number that the uh the uh, salary number is higher than it's ever been for this team and they're closer to that soft cap that we talked about. Uh I imagine that they're going to try to get as much of this stuff done as early as possible so that you know, they have a better picture of uh, where exactly they stand when, you know, comes time for the hot stove, which, you know, the last couple of years hasn't been all that hot. It was kind of, uh, it never really got beyond a simmer, to be honest. So, um, you know, like I said, I expect that to kind of happen quickly. Uh, and as far as Keiko goes, you know, I got to imagine that once these things start to go down, that they're, if they're not, if they're not at least trying to move them and see what you can get for them, uh, I, I think there's something wrong with that picture. I, you know, obviously you're not going to be able to cover his full $16 million contract. I believe it is 16 mil. Um, you know, whatever you do get rid of, you're going to have to either package them with something else or you're going to have to eat part of his salary. But, uh, you know, there now I see white, uh, white Sox premium case saying uh, you don't see how they can move Keigel. I, you know, that it doesn't sound like it would be an easy job because he is, you know, getting $16 million of this next year. But, uh, my thought is, is there's going to be one of these teams out there that is going to follow the new rebuild structure that, uh, these, you know, has been going down the last five or six years here and, you know, the tank, uh, scenario. And if you're looking to tank, you know, and you can get the White Sox to eat part of that salary, you can get a veteran pitcher on your staff, fill a hole, and, you know, maybe the White Sox get something back. But, you know, I also get what you're saying. It, it, it's unless they eat a lot of that contract, you're probably not going to get much in return for them. So I don't know. Thoughts, Ian? Anything you want to add to that? Well, uh, if it was sixteen million, maybe it would be really easy to move him, but it's actually eighteen million. So, oh. yeah, so it's an additional two million dollars. Colton's ten. Hello, buddy. That's uh, also hey, that's Col- also my boy. He's got a couple different screen names for uh, anonymity. Not so much. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, well, way to blow his cover, man. 
Yeah, that's what I. <laughs> hey, it says right there on, and he's not. This is a different Colton. This is uh, Colton who was ten, not 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 the other Colton who's not ten. Um. Yeah. So. Keiko, that's it's a that's a super tough one, you know. Um, like he says, it, it's like uh, Kendall saying is that it's, it's going to be difficult to move uh, an eighteen million dollar salary for one season. Um, possibly two if you know if he hits the uh, if he hits his escalator clause. Um, I don't see how the Sox could let that happen if he stayed here, and I don't see any other yeah. team letting that happen either. So, well, I, I mean, yeah, it depends on uh, if the uh, you know, like what the White Sox are eating. You know, if if they're going to eat some of that money or not, uh, the other team might not care. Uh, the question is, is is his uh, is his arm going to hold up? Is his is he going to find his command again? Um, you know, because his last. His last season in uh, Houston was bad, lost his command, and then when he went to Atlanta and had the shortened season last year, um, you know he ended up having a, a fairly decent year. Um, the issue being is that he had a shortened year, and so that was one of the things that he said this year was that he was working up, he was ramping up for the playoffs. And that was uh, that was why he kind of started a little bit later in spring training because he wanted to give himself, uh, you know, he wanted to be hitting his peak form around playoff time. And unfortunately, uh, he his his ramp uh, ended up being more of a uh, a flat road, and I uh, never never ascend, you know, never never uh, his game never elevated, and uh, he didn't even make the playoff roster. So. You know, um, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, it's going to be one of those situations where you know, I, I kind of have to agree. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate when I'm, when I'm looking for you know outs with him, but uh, I can't disagree with uh, either of you guys on that. It, it's going to be very difficult to move him. Uh, it also makes it a, a tougher pill that if you can't move him, his contract is eighteen million dollars, and uh, you're kind of just stuck. So, uh, he, again, don't envy Ray Khan or any of those guys in that in that scouting office. Yeah, uh, as Kendall mentions, he says if you're not trading him so he can eat innings, then he isn't worth trading for. If you're another team, and I am not disagreeing with that one. Iota. Um, to me, uh, he is, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I'll just put it out there. I wasn't really thrilled about it when it happened. So uh, I was, uh, you know, that? for better or worse, <laughs> I was a Hyunjin Ryu guy personally. And um, we ended up signing Keiko. And, uh, you know, we've talked about this before, but I, you know, uh, I'd seen him and uh, I'd seen him pitch for the Astros and I saw him for the Braves and uh, basically I saw uh, J- James Shields, you know, a guy that was going to have to learn how to get guys out with, uh, you know, being crafty and throwing junk. And he did okay with the Braves uh, for his uh, his limited time there and he had a you know a decent season until uh, Ricky, you know, overextended him. And uh, but then this year he was. 
you know, basically the second half of the season when he was supposed to be ramping up, he uh, he tanked. So, um, yeah, not not a not a good look. So, no. not at all. Oh, so uh, the other name you uh, you brought up in that whole uh, thing was uh, you know the other arbitration tr- eligible guy, uh, Reynaldo Lopez. Uh, Reynaldo. Uh, what are your thoughts on him and uh, th- his resurgence after his uh, his uh, eye surgery this season? What do you think about the White Sox uh, keeping him and uh, what what he how he holds up against the arbitration number? To- Excuse me, let's try that again. The arbitration number that you threw out there. Yeah. Um, you know what? I it's it's I know it's hard to believe, but when you are a pitcher, it helps to have your eyes. Groundbreaking, uh, earth shattering uh, news here, but um, it helps to be able to see what kind of fingers your catcher is holding down. And uh, also whether he's calling for it on the you know lower half or the outer half or inner half, it, it definitely helps. Uh, and uh, he mentioned as much that now that he can actually see, uh, he's got a lot more confidence because he knows exactly where he's supposed to throw it to, and uh, that's helping him out. And you know, I'm not saying that you know we're going to get the second coming of Pedro Martinez out of uh, Ronaldo Lopez, but um, if you're going for a spot starter or a long reliever, um, this is kind of along the lines of the $3 million salary that Carlos Rodon got last year, that for $2.75 million, where are you going to get somebody with the upside of a Ronaldo Lopez? And you're Yeah, you're not. I mean, You're uh, not going to find that anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, if... If Evan Marshall is estimated in his third year of arbitration to get two point two five million, as uh, Spot Track mentioned, um, two point seven five for Ronaldo is a huge bargain. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. So. Kendall also mentioned, he says, that's yet another example of why I'm constantly saying you have to be uber careful with these big money deals. You can say it's not your money, but these deals can kill your window. And again, I can't disagree with that. However, um, you know, this is this is one of those moves that I have criticized the White, the White Sox for. I mean, you know, obviously not, uh, you know, only uh, through my minimum uh, little uh, microphone that I've got here. But, uh, you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast and, and on the stream as well. Night, Coldy. Have a good night, bud. Um, good night, buddy. Thanks for stopping in. Um, you, you know, you talk about uh, these moves that the the White Sox generally make, and when you look at their uh, when you look at their free agent acquisitions over you know like a, a span of 10, 15 years here, and it's always you know like fifteen guys that they you know it's it's always like uh, I don't know every year it's like three or four guys that they sign and they sign these guys for like three or four million dollars. Sometimes they have bigger roles. Sometimes they pay $7 million for a guy that's supposed to have a bigger role, like an Adam Eaton, you know, a guy that's supposed to be a a guy that's supposed to fill in for you. And every single time, these guys never put up numbers that are, you know, 
relative to what they're being paid or, you know, they are relative to what they're being paid. And, you know, you end up getting, uh, you get $3 million of a player is what you get. Uh, you know, like the Carlos Rodon, uh, re-signing last year is a, is a, an absolute anomaly for this team. They never have that uh, that kind of thing happen, at least with position players. Never happens with positions position players until this year. So I, I think that uh, a, a good thing to to uh, talk about here is um, recently Nick Hostetler moved from uh, helming the draft for the White Sox and is now doing their pro personnel. So, um, you know, when you look at like this long list of names pre this year of just all these duds are these guys that they're, that, uh, you know, Hostetler's saying, Hey, you know, this is the kind of guy that I think we need and end up, you know, grabbing a Brian Goodwin. Um, I know that, TLR was probably big in the Jake Lamb thing, and he helped out with a you know a little tiny bit. But you know your Hamilton, your your Goodwin, like that kind of stuff. Um, like little little moves like that. That's the kind of thing that's like the Jeff Blum trade, you know, where it's like this little guy that uh, nobody even thinks twice about, but ends up being like something that's you know plays a a, a fairly big part on the team. And um, I kind of think that Nick Hostetler's doing a pretty decent job with some of these uh, some of these guys that he's suggesting or uh, you know pushing into uh, Rick Hahn's ears. Agreed, a thousand percent agreed. There, he's somebody has got to be doing something because you know as uh, as Kendall mentions, you know years past we were you know digging up guys that were once stars in their in their prime, but had now aged beyond that and uh you know every white Sox fan could throw their hands up going wait a minute this guy's like 55 years old and hasn't done anything in the last 17 years and now we're just picking him up but you know uh there was the the people that said you know this guy's just a name and the white Sox are trying to use that name to sell tickets but uh yeah things have definitely changed over here the last you know season or two uh and you know there's there's a good chance that maybe nick hosteller does have a part in that I mean, I would hope so. I mean, it's in his job description, so I would hope that that uh, hope that that some of the, some of that stuff is in his purview. Uh, so let's just go ahead and look at this list, and let's find guys that we definitely think are uh, are goners. So um, I'd say of the guys that we're looking at, that uh, Jimmy Cordero doesn't count, uh, Evan Marshall doesn't count. However, he's an arbitration guy. And he was estimated at 2.25. So I can say that they're probably not going to offer him uh, arbitration, is my guess. I mean, they still have to pay for, well, his, I mean, for it, his injury, for surgery and rehab and all that stuff. But, I mean, right. I, I don't see them re-signing him because you never know what he's going to come back as. Uh, I, know, I know he got hit in the head with a baseball, and nobody thought he was going to come back from that. But, uh, you know, realistically, let's uh, look at this and – I mean, I don't think he's coming back. That's just uh, my personal opinion. At least, uh, you know, they might sign him on a minor league deal, uh, say, next, uh, like in 2022, late late 2022. Yeah, when he's done finishing his rehab assignment or, you know, 
I mean, he's going to be out for at least, what, what is it? They average is about 18 months these days now, right? So. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, Rodon came back, I think like, uh, 12 months later, but like the thing was, is that, uh, you know, he got thrust into, uh, absolutely terrible positions. Um, you know, <laughs> much that, of his career thing. Well, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so, uh, Kendall says, uh, Foster Fry, Marshall Lambert, uh, Um, look something up here. La, 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 la. Yeah, I have to say I agree that uh, that Fry's gone. Um, I, I kind of I don't think that they're going to. Uh, yeah, you was you was right. Yeah, Fry is or uh, Lambert is not left-handed. I don't know how that got on there. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I'd have to say uh, Foster, I don't think we're going to see him again. Uh, now, somebody mentioned him, and uh trying to remember who it was, but somebody said something about not ever having to see Foster ever again would be worth uh, picking, picking up the Kimbrel option, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, but um, I don't think Matt Foster got uh, – I don't, I don't think uh, – no, no, I know you. I yeah, I, I got that. I, I know you meant keeping Lambert. Saying yeah, I know he's not a lefty, um, but uh, I think Foster kind of got uh, kind of got the short end of the stick this year um, when he got left out there to give up those eight runs in Seattle early in the season. In like uh, what was it, the second series of the year? Yeah, that was another one of those uh, Tony Larusa. Let me backtrack uh, my you know, decisions and take responsibility for that decision and then continue to do much of the same throughout the season after taking responsibility. But yeah, we remember that, uh, that press conference, I believe. Yeah, that's, uh, that was, that was the first one I believe was, uh, was that one, the, uh, yes. I'm going to leave Matt Foster in here to die and not have anybody, uh, warming up to pitch until he had already given up five or six runs. Yeah, um, and then the next pitcher we're gonna bring in, we're gonna give him like three warm up tosses in the bullpen and bring him into the game. Yeah, brutal. Yeah, absolutely terrible. Um, anywho, uh, yeah, it happened a lot throughout the season. Actually, it but, happened a couple. Yeah, it ha- definitely happened at least a couple more, uh, four or five times. Um, yeah, yeah. Giolito had he did he had a couple of those a uh, couple of those nights as well where he was uh, out there another uh, two three batters too long. Um. Yeah, so I think uh, Fry's gone. Probably Foster's gone. Um, you think Burke comes back? I mean, no. I, you you know? Okay. No. Sorry, not sorry. I don't think so. All right. Well, you know, you're uh, you're already losing. You're probably losing to Para unless they resign him. Um. I assume that they're going to keep Ruiz because they seem to have a love affair with uh, Jose Ruiz. Although, granted, he did take steps this year to become a uh, much more valuable, uh, you know, bullpen arm this year. Uh, just not well, a I mean, high leverage guy. I mean, you know, well, here's the thing. Ruiz wasn't awful in, what was it, 19, 18, 19. 
19? Uh, it was pretty 19. bad. I'd have to look at the numbers, but I'm pretty sure he was uh, he's pretty bad. Uh, like the thing that like he came out he this year one one season. He, I thought he did well, and then he kind of just fell off the face of the planet. Again. Yeah, it could have been another one of those things where, uh, you know, um, he wasn't uh, he was put in high leverage situation at some point. After uh, see his low leverage situations are generally pretty good. It's when he goes to the high leverage that he usually uh, has a terrible time. <clears throat> So yeah, uh, I would assume that uh, Ruiz is coming back. I now Jonathan Stever. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna leave him off the forty man. That that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, no, I don't think you can. You have to protect him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd, I'd say that probably. Uh, see now, Kendall thinks that Burr's gonna come back. I kind of think Burr's gonna come back personally. Um, I think the two guys that come off of the 40 man are probably Foster and Fry is, is my guess. And then you've got uh, Marshall as well. We'll be gone. Um, so now, you know, you have to figure out what's going to happen with uh, Rodon and Tapera. Now, Kendall seems to think that they're going to re-sign him. I also kind of uh, have a uh, sneaking suspicion that there are, you know, that they're also going to work very hard to re-sign Tapera. Um MVP uh, getter, uh, vote getter, Ryan Tapera. Um, yeah, so I, I think that that's probably uh, where I'm at because I don't think, uh, yeah, they kind of do have to. I mean, if they if they don't have Tapera, they're going to have to figure something out. And as we go through the uh, the, the rule you're five, you're going to end up with a lot of holes. Yeah, no, if you you know. There's a there's a bunch of these guys here that uh, I mean there's some you know if you're going for a World Series you have to have guys that are going to fill in and eat innings for you but you also want those guys to not be giving up you know five six runs so there's right. that right um so yeah so I'd say it probably clears like uh what like three guys two two guys maybe three guys off the off the forty man there um. Go ahead and uh, we'll move along to the. Uh, go ahead and move along to the uh, positional players. All right, so this is where some uh, some real fun stuff's going to come in. Um, obviously, you're uh, Abreu, Anderson, um, Yasmani, Aloy, uh, Mankata, Luis Robert, uh, Gavin Sheets, Andrew Vaughn. Uh, those guys are going nowhere. But no, that's a better, that's a better part of your starting lineup next season, right? So here here is the thing: is you've got uh, a bunch of these guys that are that need to be protected if they're not going to be on the forty man, and so this is uh, this is going to be. Um, oh, did I not? Uh, I didn't switch it. I'm a cotton headed ninny muggins. All right, so uh, say what now? Cotton-headed ninny muggins. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's uh, a new one on me. <laughs> um, you watching kids TV again? Uh, it's from uh, Elf. Elf. Yeah, you know. Wow, Elf. that's a blast. Yeah, alien life form. I know. Um, Milmac. No, no, not Alf. Elf. Oh, Elf. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Will Ferrell. Elf. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so. Gotcha. Yeah, so here we go. Um, we got some. We got some stuff. 
we got some uh, we got a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, so of the guys that I think that are uh, questionable or uh, possible trade bait or something that have to be protected or off the forty man um, or on the forty man, I guess. Uh, so you've got Mike Rodolfo, Jake Berger, Zach Collins. Uh, you got Adam Engel, who's ARB eligible, is ARB two estimated two point two five. Um, Larry Garcia, unrestricted free agent, so um, have to see what uh, what kind of offers he's going to get. Um, Romy Gonzalez is on there. Uh, Brian Goodwin, also a, a UFA, as uh, Kendall mentioned earlier in the chat, he said, uh, you know, looking back on uh, on on uh, Goodwin's numbers. After the year, his his numbers were pretty pedestrian, but he did have some he did have some big moments. Um, Billy big Hamilton, enough to stay here. Yeah, Probably. yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, unrestricted free agent uh, Billy the the hitter, Billy the runner, Billy the defender. Uh, Cesar Hernandez, uh, six million dollar club option, no buyout. Uh, Danny Mendick, which has already been pretty much said that. Uh, well, at least it's been reported that yeah. they're going to let him uh, walk. Yep. Uh, Mendick, Yermin Mercedes, Blake Rutherford, uh, and Sebi Zavala. Um, All right. So the thing with every single one of these guys, uh, as far as the minor league guys, is that they have to stay on the 40-man, or in order to put them back into the minors, they have to clear waivers. So... Uh, that right there makes me wonder, um, and this is this is where the the roster crunch stuff is going to come in, because you're not likely to let Adolfo, Berger, Collins, uh, you're not going to let those guys walk. Uh, your mean Mercedes, I I would not be shocked if they let him let him walk or tried to let him clear waivers. Um, uh, I I would not be surprised because, you know, somebody will take somebody will take a a flyer on him and put him on their big league roster if they leave him. Uh, he'll get claimed for the second time on, uh, you know, on on waivers. Um, Blake Agreed. Rutherford, I think he comes off the forty man and uh, passes through waivers, um, and resigns if. Uh, Either that or he moves on, one or the other. Either way, I don't see him on the 40-man uh, going through this winter. Um, just hasn't put up the numbers. It's been uh, – that trade's been a – you know, been pretty much a wash. We haven't gotten, in, you know, much out of Rutherford. He's had some extra base hits, and he's had uh, he's had some moments, you know, but um, not, not enough of those moments and not, uh, you know – not big enough moments either. He's had a no. couple of couple of walk offs and you know some extra base hits and stuff. And um, I just I, personally I don't uh, I don't know if they if they keep uh, keep him around. He's just he doesn't have enough pop. The power has not come. Um, the average has not no. come. Um, Everything that they thought he was gonna be, uh, he's just kind of fallen short of most of those expectations. And I. I honestly don't see any reason for them to uh, try to keep him around. Yeah. The other I, thing is, you know, we haven't mentioned yet is that, uh, you know, obviously going through this list um, and we talked about how, you know, uh, 
there are a lot of names to try to protect and we haven't even gotten into, you know, a, a, the larger portion of the minor league system and the names that you guys want, you know, you want to keep around and keep protected. But uh, the thing is, is there's a lot of other teams that are going to kind of go through this too. So, um, you know, there are guys that we're going to need to kind of make sure 100% that don't go away, don't have an opportunity to go away. But at the same time, you know, maybe some of these fringe guys are going to be left alone as well, too, because other teams are going to be trying to keep the guys that uh, they want to keep around as well. So there's yeah. that. I just want to throw that out there now. Yeah. No, White Sox I, are not the only ones with a long list. Yeah. I mean, as we talked about before, is that, uh, you know, a lot of these teams are going to be looking at roster crunches with their 40 man because they're going to find that uh, guys that they had stashed and that they wanted to see extra extra innings out of and uh you know the the covid season happened the lockdown year and uh no minor league baseball so all these guys just you know if they weren't at the alternate site just not getting not getting at bats you know they uh went and did their uh a little bit of uh minor league um extended spring training but that was it you know right so and, and how, that really hurts the the major league clubs because uh those that year wasn't protected in any way so uh, it was just like another year of playing ball. That, that year's just gone, and that year of arbitration is is gone. That year of uh, of uh, protection is gone. So, you know, it's not just losing a, a year of of playing time. It's it's you know the 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 teams lose a year of control on these guys as well. Yeah, uh, Kendall mentions that uh, Blake Rutherford's still young, and he is. Uh, like I'm not disagreeing uh, or or saying that he won't possibly ever develop, but um, this kind of one of those things, you know, we've been talking about is that just there there hasn't been enough performance, you know, and uh, you know you move him up to Charlotte, and I have to imagine that the White Sox were expecting to see a significant power bump from Blake Rutherford, you know, knowing what that park is now a launching pad is what it is generally. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you got Mikey Matuk out there hitting 30 bombs or whatever, whatever it was that he ended up with 28, 30, something, something along those lines. Um, he's out there hitting those home runs. Uh, and he had a, he had a solid year. Uh, I'm not gonna, not gonna discount what Mikey Matuk did. He had a, he had a pretty decent year. Um, but um, just not enough, not enough pop out of there. Power can still develop. Yeah, power can can develop. But like the thing is, is that if he's hitting two thirty in Charlotte, and the power's not there, that's two that's two things together. You know, it'd be one thing if he was hitting two seventy five, two eighty, at you know with the Knights. And uh, and the power hadn't developed yet, and he was still hitting like fifteen, you know, fifteen, eighteen home runs even at that park. Then yeah, I would say you know what, sure, fine. You know the power just hasn't shown up yet. We're not going to give up on him, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna extend. You know we're gonna keep him on the forty man to try and keep him here for at least another year to see what he can do. And uh, I, you know that would be fine. That's you know yeah. See the thing is, is that him and his uh, his you know, one of his best buds from when he was a kid, Mickey Moniak, uh, who's, you know, in the uh, Philly system, 
both of those guys, highly touted high school guys that came out in the draft the same year. And uh, I think they got drafted within like what, nine positions of each other. I think it was like one in 10 or something like that, or one in 11. And uh, neither one of them has really done anything. You know, I mean, granted, uh, Blake had a had a better season than uh, Moniac did, uh, for the most part. But uh, yeah, his OPS, yeah, Rutherford's OPS was bad. Eleven home runs, thirty doubles. He did. I think he led the team in doubles. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. You hear about every, every. I mean, like for the last three years now, I've heard, oh yeah, he's gone off and he's training with uh, Christian Yelich and. Uh, you know, Christian says that his uh, his power is really looking good, and that it looks like it's coming in. And then every year, it's a, I mean, it's literally the same thing. And you know, you watch the guys in uh, Birmingham this year. You know, Romy Gonzalez, Didolo, uh, Adolfo, like all these guys are out there hitting bombs in Birmingham. Broken. Rutherford never hit those bombs. He goes to Charlotte. Adolfo comes up there hitting bombs. Romy comes up hitting bombs. Rutherford's been there all year. Adolfo ends up hitting just as you know, like I, I want to say that he hit just as many home runs as uh, Rutherford did in uh, in Charlotte, or close right. to it anyway. Some of, some of Blake's uh, some of Blake's homers were wall scrapers. Oh, they, ninety ninety percent of them were wall scrapers. I mean, like literally, barely making it out, right on top of the padding. And there was I I can remember like at least five or six of them that literally hit right on top of the padding out in the outfield. And uh, I'm not saying, like I said to uh, Kendall here, I'm not saying that he can't develop or that he won't develop. It's just, are the White Sox going to keep him on the 40 man to let him pass through waivers? And if, if they do let him pass through waivers, is anybody, you know that all the other teams are sitting here thinking about the exact same thing for the most part, except for, you know, the Orioles or the Pirates or, you know, uh, poverty franchises, as uh, the people like to call them. Um, you know, those guys, those guys are are more likely to uh, grab a guy like a Blake Rutherford and say, okay, fine, we'll keep him on the 25 man for, for the year because we don't have really a whole lot going on anyway. No, no. Rockies, D-backs, no, they're also good uh places for that but yeah um i I, you know i kind of have to agree uh it's not like he hasn't been given chances yes he's had some injuries in the past and you know he's missed some time but he was given time after those you know those injuries as well and you know young or not he's been in the system for a while they know what they got in him they they you know these guys that are out there that are 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 with them every day and are are you know, our talent scouts, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Chris Getz earlier and, uh, you know, he, he knows the players, you know, he was there, he was down there with those young guys for a long time. Um, I don't, I can't imagine that he hasn't seen what he needs to see at this point. And, and you know, if for whatever reason he does stay on this team. My only thought is that, uh, you know, somebody saw something that we haven't, but you know, obviously like we've been talking about the numbers just aren't there. They they haven't been yet. And you know, young or not, he's, he's been given many chances. So 
Uh, I kind of tend to agree with you there. I don't think that I see him coming back. I don't see him getting protected anyway. Uh, if he doesn't get scooped up, I could see them signing him to you know another minor league contract. But that's about as far as it goes for me. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, j- I just I don't know if uh, I mean I, I I agree, Kendall. I'm not I'm not saying I understand you're not standing for Blake. But it could be premature to give up on him. I'm not. I'm not. For, I'm not giving up on him either. I'm like I said. I'm not saying that he can't develop or that he won't develop. It's just I don't know whether the White Sox are willing to eat up a forty-man spot on him, given what we've seen so far. And I'm Hopefully not when you've got other guys that you you probably would rather protect. Yeah, when we go through the Rule Five here in a second, that will become more evident. Um, yeah, it just, to me, it's like, uh, you know, there's a, I, I'm not a hundred percent really, uh, convinced that somebody else is going to, um, take a chance on a Blake Rutherford when there might be other options that are available in, uh, the rule five draft, you know, that's, I guess that's my, my only, my only thought on the whole thing. Uh, I'm just gonna flip back over here to this thing right quick. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm not sure, uh, I, but I kind of figure that Larry Garcia is coming back, regardless of what uh, anybody thinks. Uh, I think that Tony views him as uh, an everyday player, an everyday player, uh, entirely too valuable to uh, to to let walk, and uh, I will be shocked if they do not sign him. <laughs> Kendall says no. Um, you know. Well, here's the thing, man. Every team loves to have that super utility guy that can go out and play any position on the field. But you want one that doesn't have to do it every day. And granted that, you know, the White Sox went through a slew, slew of injuries the past couple of seasons, which has given Leary more opportunities than most of us would like to see. Uh but, you know, there's obviously, unless there's a complete overhaul of the training staff, there's nothing that leads me to believe that, you know, we're past that run of bad luck injury-wise. And that, you know, if that's the case, we might be seeing Leori every day again. And I, I don't want to do that. I, I just don't want to go there. So how do you, you know, the other question is, how do you replace that? Yeah, I see. On a budget, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, and I'm also not dealing with uh, disagreeing with Kendall, who says that's Han's decision. That it doesn't matter what TLR wants, and that that uh, Romy can can do the job. And I, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. I wanted Romy on the playoff roster, um, personally. Um, but uh, You're not alone. See, the thing is, is that I agree that it is ultimately Han's decision, but. He also has to, you know, keep his boss and the manager who's apparently the his boss's best friend, he has to keep them happy. And if TLR says that he wants Leuri back, which he seems infatuated with Leuri, um, Super Joe, uh, reincarnate, um, <laughs> he seems to to love that dude. So... Yeah, I'm and inclined you don't think to think chairman's going to step all over a decision to let him go. Yeah, I just yeah, the, the I, chairman stepped all over a decision to hire a different manager. 
Yeah. I mean, it was pretty evident. You know, nobody's actually come out and said that 100%, but we all saw the press conferences. We all saw Rickon speaking through his teeth. You know, uh, it was decided that that was that was the quote. It was decided that this was the best decision. Did say that so, he or we decided that he said it was decided that. Um, right. Anyway, so uh, back to the uh, the old uh, little chart here. I quit if I am Han and Jr. Does that? Well, guess what. We've seen it. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw lots of people say that they would have quit when Jr. went over his head and uh, hired Tony Larusa, but uh, here Han still is. Um, uh, Danny Mendick, uh, what do you think? I would not be surprised uh, if they let him walk. Yeah, me neither. I think he's a goner, unfortunately. Uh, you know, he uh, he showed some signs over the last couple of seasons of, of maybe being able to do some things. Unfortunately, it was streaky at best. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about Romy taking somebody's position, I'd say it's more likely that he's taking Mendick's position than than taking Larry's position. Right. I agreed 1,000%. Uh, you know, Romy's uh, cost-controlled for a few years here and uh, has really showed some, uh, some signs of... Uh, being somebody at some point in his career uh maybe sooner than later we don't know but uh he had a meteoric rise through the organization this year all the way to the big league club so i, I can't imagine that uh danny mendick is going to uh be protected again there's a lot of names coming up that we're going to be talking about here and uh you gotta make room for some of those guys and mendick's just not going to be one of them just yeah no I, i'm not disagreeing with that um so, uh, say I would have say say he takes both of them. Who, uh, Romy and Danny Mendick, or Romy and Laori? What do you, which one do you mean, Kendall? Um, yeah. So, uh, Adam Engel arbitration two two point two five million dollars. We've had this conversation before about Adam Engel um, and about his health and the fact that he's had multiple chances to prove that he's a guy and has not been able to stay healthy. Yeah, that's the thing with him. Um, he can be the guy. He can be a platoon guy uh, for At sure. Least. But, you know, here's the thing. We, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of platoons, especially when this team is supposed to be, uh, you know, in the, the heart of its window, uh, you know, coming up here next season. Uh, and that window is only going to stay open for so long. So, you know, I'm not really cool with the platoon thing anymore. Uh, I would like to see them go out and get a true right fielder or find one within the organization and not one that can't stay healthy. Uh, you know, had he's, he's shown, he's, he's shown improvement through every season for the last few years. But again, you know, that hammy just seems to be like a stretched out rubber band. That's ready to snap. It's, it's always kind of just hanging in the, you know, it's hanging in the wind out there all the time. And unfortunately for Adam Engel, that's just not going to cut it. But, yeah. So know. it says Engel stays and he's a fourth outfielder. Now, see, here's the thing is that he's been slated as a fourth outfielder. He's been slated as the uh, starting right fielder 
by some people at certain points uh, in their projections. And the unfortunate thing is he's been able to do neither in the last two years without uh, missing significant chunks of time. So um, at what point do they finally say, um, you know, I, I don't think that – I don't think they let him go this year, but uh, I will be—I'll uh, be pretty shocked if he gets two point two five million, considering that he only got one million dollars last year and he hasn't done anything since then. You know, so he you signed. Think a, they, you think they give him? They, yeah, they keep him on the forty man. Is what you're saying? I mean, it's possible they keep him on the forty man, but they don't. I don't think that they're going to give him. I certainly don't think they're going to give him what Spot Track says, which is two point two five. Um, okay. Because I mean, well, I mean, they signed him for one million dollars last year, and right. what has he done since then? He's been nice. injured a couple of times, more than once this season. Yeah, three times I think. Right. So, you know, um, which is part of why I think he doesn't come back at all. See, that's that's where I'm going with this is that the guy has been injured so many times, and yeah, I mean, he has shown the ability at times to do good things unfortunately if you're not on the the one the, the one i heard this week was the uh the best ability is availability you know and the guy is always hurt you know yeah if yeah, you're it, it can't be available if you're on the shelf man yeah it's, kendall says he's played 39 games and produced <laughs> one and a half war yeah that's cool uh however um one fewer war than Brantley, who played 121 games. Yeah, that's yeah. I I'm not saying that he's not good. I'm just simply saying he shelved way too much. Yeah, is is if he's not a see now. Here's the thing: is that Brantley played 121 games. Adam Engel damn near missed 121 games. Right. So and here's my thought: on this is now you. We talked about some of these young outfielders that we have in the minor league system. Uh, you know, a guy like say Mike or Adolfo, who is ready for a chance, maybe he gets a shot at a position. You know, uh, you know, we we've got a couple other guys that could probably come in and you know, maybe they don't get that one and a half four in thirty nine games. But as a fourth outfielder, I really don't think I need to see somebody for thirty nine, forty, fifty games. As long yep. as our I'll stay healthy. All right. Well, let's. Uh, you know, we've been we've been teasing this thing for a little bit uh, as far as the uh, the rule five goes. Yeah, let's go ahead and put that out there because this is where you know the rubber meets the road. This is where you know why we talk about some of these guys being unprotected. There's a lot of names uh, coming up that are uh, rule five eligible. Yeah, rule five eligible uh, or 25, uh, 25 man roster or twenty six man roster. Uh, or bust guys, you know that. Right, I have to have to go somewhere. Right. All right, so the White Sox Rule Five eligible players from the AAA, uh, AAA ranks, and you will recognize a lot of these names: uh, Cade McClure, uh, Alfredi Gomez, who is a uh, reliever who was picked up later. Uh, I think it was uh, early this season. Um, Tanner Banks, uh, Kyle Kubat, John Park. Hunter Shriver, Bennett Souza, and Peter Tago. Uh, the position players that are up, um, I don't know how Evan Skaug ended up on this list. Uh, I think he 
played two games at AAA this year. Um, but uh, you've got three catchers in uh, Nate Nolan, Joe DiCarlo, Evan Skaug. Uh, and then you have Tyquan Forbes, uh, who I believe, if I remember correctly, uh, I picked him up from the uh, Rangers for, I can't remember what for. Was that in the Melky Cabrera trade? I can't remember. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm not real sure on that. Yeah, one. I don't it's, remember. Um, have to go dig him. Yeah, but uh, you've got uh, Zach Remillard and Laz Rivera, and um, I would say no, that Zachy uh, Flats, man, he's yeah. a little bit older. He gone. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, he had a he had a decent season this year for the uh, for the he Knights. Did. Um, he and he did, but he's already up in his, here as well. Yeah, he's already in his thirties. Uh, you know, unfortunately for him, you know, d- development is not linear, but I can't see a team that's uh, on the up and coming, you know, rising star situation. Can't see them uh, protecting a, a, what is he, like 33? I think, something like that. <laughs> I don't think he's that old, is he? He's getting up there. He's he's definitely over 30. Huh. I'm born in 94, so he's 20, yeah, he's 27. Right, yeah, he's twenty-seven. He ain't no thirty. He's not thirty-five. He's just twenty-seven out of uh, Coastal Carolina, NCAA base, baseball world champ. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I agree with uh, what Kendall says that most of these guys are uh, non-protection guys. Um, I'd say that uh, guy that I expect to possibly oh. make the well. The the big team okay. uh, next year out of camp is uh, possibly Bennett Souza, uh, left-handed relief pitcher. Okay. In my bad. Yeah, no big deal. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Souza makes the uh, bullpen out of uh, out of spring training. Um, and I would also think that uh, McClure and uh, possibly John Park – possibly get uh get um get a uh get a spot on the 40 man possibly uh that's uh only because uh they're you know triple a guys and it's possible that they're ready to go on a uh 25 man roster nah park is bad i don't agree no, Park actually had a season. Yeah, Park had a pretty decent season. He uh he was pretty decent in the uh the last bit in uh in Charlotte. Felt like he was uh figuring something out there. Um but uh yeah, so there's your there's your double A guy or your triple A guys. Um Yeah, no, yeah, it's, I, it's for whatever reason I keep on having like uh seeing like uh severe dropouts in the internet. I don't know what the heck's going on. There's I think there's probably something going on in uh Comcast network action that's causing problems is my guess. Um all right. So, let's move on to the double A uh rule 5 uh double A rule 5 guys. Uh these are just the pitchers that are going to be uh, rule five guys. And there's some, there's some fairly, uh, decent names in there. Um, 
Now, are you worried about any of them getting picked up? I'd say that you're probably not. Um, you do have. Oh, true sayer. Sorry to hear that, man. Uh, uh, true sayer, we, we've, Yeah, just jumped in. Said hi. All been busy oh. with a big full of water. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. That is no fun. Uh, yeah, I've been dealing with some uh, sub pump issues of myself here in the uh, southwest burbs myself. So, yeah. Good luck to you, sir. Yeah, good luck. I've had the uh, the flooded crawl space before, and that is no fun. Um, no. Yeah, I'd say that most of these guys are uh, are no cover guys that you could uh, let let slip through. I mean, if somebody really really wants to grab one of these guys, um, I say go ahead. You know, I mean, uh, the only one that uh, I don't think that we have to uh, worry about that I think is probably the only one who, if he was healthy, would possibly get picked up is uh, Ken Cannon. Uh, he's shown some uh, some really nasty stuff, but uh, surgery, so he's on the uh, he's on the shelf right now. So nobody's going to want to likely grab him since he's uh, having issues there. All right, so moving along to the uh, to the position players in Double A. Now this is where there's some interest. This is where the interesting stuff for me starts coming up. Is you've got Carlos Perez. He's going forty man. No shot uh, that uh, he doesn't get put on the forty man. No shot whatsoever. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean he had a hell of a season, and uh, you know. We all know that the uh, the Sox have had some some woes at the uh, the backup catcher spot. So uh, not only does he not get get on the forty man, I think he gets an opportunity, at least at least a, a slight opportunity, if not more, in uh, spring this year to uh, you know try to crack the roster. Yeah. So as a uh, you know, one of the things that Ken- Kendall alluded to up top was that uh, Sebi Zavala was going to be left off the forty man. And uh, I kind of think that Carlos Perez ends up being your backup catcher next year, is my guess. Um, I know that ideally that they would probably want for him to have more time in the minors, but the season he had in double A this year, you know, that was fantastic. That's fantastic stuff. And that's the kind of thing that's going to get you at least, you know, that's going to get you up to be a backup catcher. Now, the only thing that's They're going to give him a good look. Yeah, I mean, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, like TLR even said last year that he was a guy to watch. So I have to assume that this year coming into spring training that he's, uh, you know, he's going to end up. Yeah, see, that's the thing, Kendall. Do you really think that they're going to use Collins as the backup catcher again? He gone. Yeah, I I don't uh, personally, and um, I don't know. I'm pers- I, personally, I feel that uh, Collins is probably going to end up uh, as part of a package somewhere, and uh, be somewhere where he can do, uh, you know, be somewhere where he can do some stuff, you know. Well, see, that's the thing. He won't be left off the 40-man, but see, the thing is is that you don't have to have your 40-man set until the Rule 5 draft. So there's time to trade before then. 
So I would not be uh, shocked in the least bit to see him gone. Um, right, exactly. Yeah, before that, uh, before that uh, trade deadline hits, and then the uh, or the uh, the Rule Five is uh, happening. I don't know. Just just my thoughts. I kind of I just. I think that they're done with Collins. They've seen what he can do defensively. He was given time up here, and he couldn't beat Sebi Zavala, who, you know, obviously he had that uh, that one game where he hit a, a bunch of home runs, but uh, realistically, Sebi Zavala, you know, has pretty much shown that he's not the answer either. And, you know, like we all knew that going into it, um, but he did have a better glove than than Collins did, so I'll give him that. Uh, you have two other catchers, uh, Troutwine and Xavier Fernandez. Uh, Xavier Fernandez backing up Carlos Perez in uh, Birmingham, and Gunnar Troutwine actually, I, I think most of the season he spent with uh, with the Dash, and uh, he had a, an okay uh, offensive season. Um, not uh, not a bad thing. Yeah, no, I would not be surprised if uh, Didolo makes the forty man. That he he's left handed power, and he's now there's fielder. no doubt that he makes. The yeah, with with a with a good arm as well. Um, I don't. Uh, Tyler Nesloni is um, is a possibility as well. And um, if you did not pay attention, Tyler Nesloni was uh, quite possibly one of the best. Um, one of the best uh, steals trades. No, yeah, he is old. Tyler Nesloni is 27 years old, I think, or 26 years old. But the thing was is that, uh, you know, he's languishing in the uh, Braves system and hitting like 140 or something early in the year. The White Sox traded t- traded for him for nothing, and uh, he's fairly quick got a pretty decent arm and he can hit the baseball and he's one of those guys that uh you could possibly see if if Adam Engel doesn't uh end up making the team you could end up seeing a Tyler Nesloni and I know that that's uh that's a reach but um he had a really good season this year and uh you know if he uh continues to do stuff who knows you know um, yeah, just no room for him. I mean, he might not take one of the forty man. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to take the forty man, you know, before the uh, before the trade deadline. I'm just saying that there's possibility that he could do something for the team next year if he does end up uh, sticking around. Right, um, and you know, the thing is, is you probably leave him unprotected, but he's also one of those guys you don't worry about getting scooped up by anybody as well. Yeah, it was really yeah, just really odd, you know, like that that whole uh, that whole double A thing down there. Uh, this this season was um, was kind of strange because you had uh, the guy that we picked up from the Twins, uh, whose name is escaping me at the moment, uh, outfielder that the that was on the Barons and he retired, uh, Zach Granite. Um, they had Zach Granite who they picked up, and he was hitting really well, and then he went into a slump for like two weeks and they retired. He just called it quits. Yeah, he just called it quits, and then. Uh, then the White Sox trade uh, with the Braves, and I have n- I still have as of yet to hear what they gave up for him. I think it was just cash for Tyler Nesloni, 
And yeah, uh, wasn't Zach Granite one of those guys that was like uh, he he's was got like a kid or two? He was like thirty something, and he had played. He's got a kid or two, and he you know it was like the, the housing thing was an issue for him as well. Yeah, it might have been. Um, he was thirty, uh, thirty or thirty one, I think, and he had played for the Yankees and the Twins, I think, and he had actually gotten up to the show for like a, a cup of coffee. But uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, he just ends up retiring and, um, then they just out of the blue trade for Tyler Nesloni. And I looked at, I looked at the move. Uh, I see him playing for the Barons, but there's no mention of the trade. And, uh, yeah. And he ends up and he goes out there and he just starts knocking the ball all over the place. Totally bizarre. Um, you know, especially after, you know, hitting 140 with the, you know, like I looked at his stats after we, you know, after I saw him playing for the Barons, still with no announcement anywhere about him joining the White Sox club. And, uh, yeah. And the same thing that, uh, that catcher who is playing in triple uh, a, I forget what his name is. Totally slipped my mind. He might actually be on that triple a list now that I think about it. And I just didn't pay attention. Uh, nope, not on there. I forget what his name is, but there's a, uh, there's a catcher that was in AAA that we got. Like, it was another one of those ones. Uh, he was uh, the guy who was playing. Um, he was uh, back. He was DHing, I think, and Yermin was catching, and they were both like hitting the crap out of the ball, trying to hit the ball to uh, to uh, New York State. And um, yeah, uh, yeah, and you know, you, you can always some of these uh, some of these farm systems that are a little bit deeper might have some of those guys that are they're you know, they're sitting behind somebody else and they're not getting the opportunity that they need because they, you know, there's somebody else in the system. That's, you know, just higher on the list, uh, more important to that club. It's uh, going to get more time, more looks, uh, you know, more opportunities to uh, prove themselves. And some of these guys, you know, like you said, it was Nesloni, his numbers weren't great in Atlanta, but uh, if I remember correctly, he wasn't getting a ton of playing time either. He was, you know, he was behind, a couple other guys and uh you know just didn't have a chance to flourish. Well, I mean, think about this. Um <laughs> he's in the Braves system and you've got I mean, not not right now obviously, but you've got Acuña, you got Drew Waters. I mean, there there's just they've got outfielders for days that are all talented and are top-rated right. prospects. I mean, for all right. I know, you know, he's sitting there looking up the depth chart going I have absolutely no shot of ever playing for the Braves. So what am I even doing here? And that might have been right. part of the part of the problem because as soon as he got traded to the to the uh the Barons, he started hitting the crap out of the ball. You know, it was like a like a switch was flipped and we get like a a, a you know And one of the tougher parts in, in double A to hit in as well. Supposedly. So, you know. You know? I mean for some of these guys that's you know, that's what we're hearing. But uh, you know, like we hit that that team in Birmingham this year. You know, I I know that uh, that last week of that uh, schedule ended up completely screwing them with the rain, and they ended up missing the playoffs. Um, but they had a bunch of promotions, so you know, as as will happen in uh, minor league baseball, you know, they end up uh, losing a bunch of guys to getting uh, promoted up up the ladder, and uh, they end up missing the playoffs. But I mean, that was that was a fun team to watch all year, and and realistically, they were pretty much the only team in the White Sox farm system that was actually worth watching. So thank you, uh, 
Thank you, uh, guys, who went through Birmingham this year because you made me uh, not want to shoot myself in the face. Um, yeah, and like another one of these things here, it, uh, one of these names here on this list, Lenin Sosa. Lenin, sorry, Lenin Sosa. Lenin. Now, this is one of those guys, you know, and I, I talked about this before the, you know, before we before we came on here, that there's a bunch of names on this list that are guys that White Sox fans have been dreaming on for a few years and were expecting to see something out of and, you know, just never ended up happening, you know? So, uh, all right, so you got your Lenin Sosa. All right, so let's move on to... The uh, advanced A, whoa, uh, advanced A and um, the uh, advanced A and low A guys that are on this rule five list here. Uh, and here you have some uh, interesting names as well. And this is where uh, things get kind of weird. Um, so Harvin Mendoza, Johan Cruz, uh, Luis Curbelo, Luis Miesis, uh, Alex Destino, Dilmer Mejia, Martin Carrasco, and Sam Abbott, the water polo player. Um, now, Curbelo and Miesis, both Rule 5 draft eligible. Now, I look at that and I just go, that is insane. Like Ouch. I feel like these guys should have like another two or three years of control. And yet here we are on the rule five eligible guys in advanced day. And I mean, you know, you know, we're talking about guys that are in advanced day and there's almost no, sh- I mean, they're definitely not getting taken the MLB phase, but I mean, there's a possibility that they get taken in the minor league phase of the rule five. And, uh, Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, he is. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean, it's just it, that that's one of those things where I'm just uh you know, like it's it's early and uh this is one of those things where that extra year of development, you kind of wonder like are are is is this franchise going to be the the one who gets affected the most by the lockdown season just due COVID. to the fact that we had so many guys that were uh those guys who needed to have more time to to keep on moving up that ladder to prove that they could do something i mean you got uh, Curbelo and uh and Mieses you know Mieses has got fantastic bat speed bad outfielder but he's but he's got uh got great bat speed he can hit hit the ball a ton uh Curbelo same thing guy can hit the ball a ton um not, a, not the greatest fielder yeah he's not the not the best uh not the best infielder but he's not bad either you know um but uh you know it's just one of those things where you know it's just uh taking too much time you know yeah yeah, Harvin yeah. Mendoza. I I 100% agree. Mendoza had a fantastic year this year and Harvin Mendoza is one of those guys um that's I mean not to you know overstep here, but he's one of those Jose Abreu type guys. You know, he's one of the guys that the 
the young, young guys look up to. And he's one of those guys that just gets the job done. And he is a, you know, he's, he's a, uh, a run producer. Um, he's the kind of guy that just drives and runs and does his job and goes about his business. And, uh, he's, uh, I, I was, I was pretty, uh, pretty surprised. So let me look at, uh, I'm just going by the, uh, what, what list was I looking at? I was looking at, uh, I think it was fan graphs. Mieses, July of 2016. He is Rule 5 eligible. Yep. Yep. Sign. Yep. 21.4 years old. He's been uh, He's been with the team for uh, five years. He is Rule 5 eligible. Insane oh. to think about, but uh, yeah. Crazy stuff, man. Uh, maybe yes. So. Last year does count. That was kind of that's what we were talking about. The COVID season was a lost year for the organization. It did not affect players whatsoever, other than they lost a season of development. But it did not. Uh, it didn't change uh, anything about uh, team control. So yeah. yeah, they are counting last season. All right, so I see it. Let's see if I can get yeah, this thing. Twenty twenty does count against us. Yeah, it's uh yeah, that's tough stuff, man. I like I just I don't uh this. But uh yeah, so um so now after uh after going through that, you know, it just shows that uh things are uh the the roster crunch for the White Sox is real, you know? It's uh it's a very, very strange um Just you know, with that that lockdown year, it really uh, ended up screwing the White Sox as far as like uh, seeing what some of these guys can do. And I mean, we all knew that that was going to be the case with no minor league season, but I mean, just the names that are on there and uh, the fact that we've been waiting to see these guys play for so many years and uh, finally start seeing them uh, make their way to MILB after you know a few years, and uh, you know. Canapolis got uh, got cameras finally this year, and um, <laughs> you know, finally get to see some of these guys, and uh, and now they're Rule Five eligible. I mean, I'm not saying that they're Welcome like any of these guys are gone, but you know, I, I assume that those guys are more than likely going to stick around. I don't think they're going anywhere, but I mean, it's just you know, just the the thought that they are Rule Five eligible is just fairly insane to me, and it was kind of one of those things that I wanted to make sure that I got out here on the stream for people to see because I, I was myself when I saw that uh when I saw that uh Sosa and uh Mieses and Curbelo. and Curbelo were all available in the Rule Five draft, I was uh I was kind of floored, yeah. you know? So Yeah. Oh, and uh, to answer your question, Kendall, I'm pretty sure Adolfo was at least Rule Five eligible last year. The problem yeah, is, no, is he they is, didn't yeah. have Yep. They didn't find any uh reason to protect him because he you know, between his injuries and just, you know, slumping numbers. Oh, no, he was on on the 40-man last year. Uh, He was on the 40-man. They had to protect him this year, but see, this year. Maybe it was the year before I'm thinking of. Yeah, maybe the year before, yeah. He was left off because they weren't really worried about him getting picked up. I think that, no, the reason why they they didn't was because of Tommy John. Is because he was in rehab from Tommy John. 
Then they put him on the 40 man. This year, he's at the end of his uh at the end of his eligibility is that they either have to put him on the 25 man roster and start paying him uh the 562,000 or whatever the whatever the number is or or they have to uh release him or try and put him through waivers. And then uh, try and put him through waivers uh and try and resign him or release him outright. So that's that's where they're at with him and I think uh yeah. So and I think uh, I think Rutherford's in the same in the same boat is that they're both they both have to be added to the 25 man or to be reassigned. They have to pass through waivers um, and you also have to sign them. So I, I don't think that uh, I mean that the uh, the, the Mike Rodolfo one's going to be an interesting one. We'll see, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough one, because the thing was, is that he didn't really. uh he didn't do enough this year. He was kind of one of those guys, and, and I've heard I heard about this. Uh, they said the same thing on the on Future Socks uh, on one of the Future Socks podcasts with uh, um, minor league Jeff Triple uh, A Jeff down in uh, down in Charlotte who covers the the Knights is that he's one of those guys that needs you, you need to see like another couple of months of minor league at bats from him. And to see if there is a an improvement and a uh, a recognition with the pitches that gets better before you bring him up to the majors, it, it like the the time off and uh, the amount of injuries he's had really really did him a huge disservice. Without that lockdown year last year, he's like the number one guy that the White Sox have that they needed to see extra at bats from and get. Another, he would have been up. He probably, I mean, more than likely, he would have been up this year, and he would have been the right fielder. More than likely, had the lockdown not happened, in my in my estimation. But yeah, I can see that he doesn't. You know, he doesn't end up having the uh, the twenty twenty season. No, I mean, you, you, he gets a broken hammy bone, you know, a couple of years ago, and then the Tommy John surgery after that, and then the COVID season. You know, let's. It's pretty much close. It's close to three years of Mike Rodolfo development just out the window. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm kind of – see, now, they were thinking that they are either going to – like when if I remember correctly, I think that they said that they were either going to try and trade him beforehand or bring him to uh, spring training and hoping that he does something to make the roster. And I kind of think that – he might he might be one of those guys that makes the roster <clears throat> because that guy just I mean he's got prodigious power and his arm is a cannon you can't run on him it's just what what side what, of the plate does he hit from he's right-handed so i no, mean that I, you know for some reason i thought he was a switch hitter nah okay All but right. i mean my bad he hits the ball a mile and uh Line drives all over the place. You know, he's one of those lasers guy. And, um, you know, I, I just, I don't know. The, they've been waiting on this guy for so long. How are they just going to all of a sudden just go, you know what? That's it. Can't do it anymore. Call it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, ship him out. I mean, I've seen the guy 
flat-footed throw from the wall in right field to home plate on a line and get a guy out at home plate. I mean, the guy, you know, I mean, granted, that was before Tommy John, but I saw I saw glimpses of it this year. If they sign Castellanos, though. Well, Kendall, I, you know, <laughs> yeah, if they do. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be mad about it, but I, I, yeah. I think at this point it's a pipe dream. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, we looked at the payroll. Why didn't they do it last season? Yeah, we looked at the pi- payroll, and you know, if they pick up uh, that Kimbrel option, and even if they even if they do manage to trade him, I don't know, man. That's a that's an awfully big risk to take. I don't know uh, how is who's range and speed. Mike Rodolfo, is that who you're asking about? If so, he's he's pretty quick. I mean, I mean, granted. The guy's built like a middle linebacker, but he's he's, he's, huge. he's pretty fast, actually. He he handles himself. He runs pretty well. Um, yeah. So that was the uh, the run through on the uh, the rule five and the forty man, and it's gonna be you know this. We've talked about it many times that this is just gonna be one of those really crazy roster crunches that I. Personally, you know, like I—I I mean, I knew it was coming, but due to the uh, the old Covis, it's kind of made it like drop on you real quick, you know. So, yeah, yeah and it's really unfortunate because you know, it's not just the White Sox losing out here. There's going to be a lot of young guys that are going to lose out in this situation as well, too. They're just, you know, they already lost out, you know, on that year of development, and now. You know, some of these guys might not get a shot anywhere. Yeah. You know, especially now with the, you know with the shrinking minor league system uh, this past year, it just it it makes spots uh, harder to come by all the way around. Uh, and it's unfortunate, but uh, you know it is the face of the game right now. And you know, Sox got some uh, some some thinking to do here. You know, it's it's gonna be a tough off season all the way around. I'd like to see uh, Raycon pull that rabbit out of his hat that he has done so many times in the past. But, uh, you know, I said this last week and I'll say it again. Uh, I'm not holding my breath on anything huge. You know, just, uh, it's really hard to see anything big happening right now, unless the landscape changes completely and something happens, something drastic happens between now and the start of uh, spring training. Yeah, I just I don't know. I, I it's hard for me to see anything big happening with this organization. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm not expecting any big uh, free agent splashes. I mean, if they if they manage to uh, if they manage to dump Kimbrel, if that's what they if what their plan is, I mean, I don't, for all I know, they want to keep him. You know. I well, the no thing idea. about Kimbrel is, and I talked about this a little bit last year, uh, last week, is it, you know the closer market in this upcoming off season is. Uh, it's pretty thin. So there is a chance that you might get somebody willing to take a shot on them. Uh, you know, but like you said in the past, it's pretty obvious that when he switches teams, uh, he does seem to finally get it going, but it takes him quite a bit of time. And, you know, you got to just hope that there's a team out there that's willing to uh, kind of wait for that to happen. So, you know, we'll see how that goes, but it's going to be, uh, you know, maybe they do want to keep them. You know, there there are going to be some holes in in the bullpen. The, uh, you know, the real question is, is can he 
wrap his mind around not being the everyday closer. You know, can he have that mindset to come in in the eighth and be the setup man? And, you know, I guess that remains to be seen. Yeah, that's a, you know, that's a, I, I you know, uh, it's a, it's a weird thing. You know, he says that he doesn't care where he's pitching. And, uh, I know that, you know, Tony said, oh, well, he's a ninth inning guy. You know, this is, that wasn't his spot, whatever, you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, if, if that's his, uh, thing where he has to pitch in the ninth inning, then, you know, is what it is. Um, and I, so, I know uh, Liam doesn't really care, but the thing is, is that, you know, are you going to pay Liam $18 million and Craig Kimbrell, you know, 16 million, 18, 16, whatever yeah, it is, 16, yeah, 16 for him and 18 for Liam. And then you're going to have Liam pitch the eighth. I mean, although, you know, I know, uh, I was, uh, what Steve Stone said that, uh, Earl Weaver said, you know, uh, some guy in spring training asked what his, uh, what his role was going to be like when he was going to pitch and, Earl basically said, you know, when I give you the ball, you go get out and then you give me the ball back. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, that, that whole thing, you know, is that, uh, if, if Liam is deemed as pitching, uh, this inning because of the matchups and you want to have him pitch that fine. And then you have Kimbrell pitch the ninth and I would be fine with that. I mean, that would be, if, if Kimbrell is comfortable by next season, which is, you know, I've heard, I've heard like uh, some theories that, that, that that's what it is, is that he just, it takes him a while to get comfortable where he is and then he's good. But I mean, if that, if that's the case, I mean, that would be a really, really nasty bullpen. You wouldn't want to get to that bullpen. The issue is, is that uh, if they're still scoring zero or one runs, it really doesn't matter what kind of a bullpen we have. Cause you can't save uh zero. You can't have a save when you're, you know, tied zero, zero. You know, I mean, okay, keep I want close, but I want to back up the truck a little bit. Speaking of offense, uh, you know, we just mentioned uh, uh, Cassiano's here in the last couple minutes. You know, and it's kind of strange, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, I saw a tweet uh, just in the last few days, and I believe it was from one of the sandwiches. I think it might have been cheesy beef. Uh, but uh one of one of the foodie accounts yes 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 uh something about a uh chris taylor signing what do you think about that Hello? yeah that's uh, you know and, and the thing is is that i i like chris taylor and i've liked chris taylor for uh a few years now um I don't see. I don't. And if Grimtall was in here, he would tell you he's a he's a big Dodgers guy. He, you know, he would tell you there's no shot that he gets out of L.A. And I'm pretty much there because they let okay. they let Kike walk. I don't think they're going to let Taylor Taylor walk also. And I know that they've got a a big old payroll, but I don't think they care. And they also have a lot of outfielders. They do. But somebody's somebody's going to have to, you know, I don't know. I think they're going to have to move one of them. Yeah, but Taylor can play anywhere. He, he can play second base. This is true. This yeah. is true. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, he he's a he's a utility guy. He is like he is what TLR wants Larry to be. Mm. Or what TLR thinks Larry is. <laughs> right. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree. I would agree. Yeah, they still have Lux, and he's he's uh, I don't. 
Dave Roberts is is not my guy. Uh, I think he's a pretty. Uh, I know he won the World Series last year, but I, I he's not my favorite. Uh, I tweeted about one of the uh, moments uh, from the other day where they uh, Chris Taylor came on and they had Chris Taylor sacrifice bunt, and I was not having any of it. It made me pretty mad. But, um, yeah, they still have Lux. And so they they take uh, – Roberts had Lux playing center field the other night. I mean, he's got Cody Bellinger, who plays a pretty decent center field, and he's got God, Lux out. In okay. Yeah, I like, and I I just don't know what Roberts was doing, and maybe this maybe the whole season uh, and getting uh, you know having to push that hard to to get 106 wins to finish in second place that you know he was fried as well. But there was a lot of like bizarre. Bizarre decisions made in that series against the Braves. You think Taylor gets out? Well, I will be surprised. I'll just put it that way. Uh, with Lux still there. Well, see, here's the problem: is that Lux hasn't played well. If Lux no, was halfway decent, he's super streaky. Yeah, if he if he had played halfway decent, I would say fine. But the thing is, is he hasn't. He's been bad. And I yeah, was when he's I was good, a Lux he's guy. Really good, but it, he's so up and down. It's 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 difficult to say that you know he's gonna be the guy that they want him to be. And he's super super streaky. When he's up, you know you can't stop him. But it doesn't last very long. Yeah, it did. It was yeah, did not go well. Um, yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty sad. Um, I was hoping to see uh, more out of my uh, my man Gavin Lux because I am I I was you know I wanted the. I was hoping the White Sox would trade for him. TBH. I like I like him. Uh, I like him. But the thing is, is that pretty sure there's there's a there's a guy named Colton that uh, is in this. Uh, he's he's a, he's a follower of ours. Well, that, he better not uh, be I, in here now. No, no. I think he's uh, he's well past his bedtime. But yeah. uh, pretty sure he's uh, he's a fan too, though. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, like the thing is, but, I remember seeing something well, about that. See, here's the thing: is that uh, you know, as he's an 11 year old, uh, his uh, his his uh, he's fleeting, you know. So he did like the Dodgers, and now he's kind of like, oh, I don't want to see the Dodgers in the World Series again. And I think it's because he heard like somebody on a stream say it somewhere, and so he he ran with it, you know. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he's he's still developing. Yeah, no, yeah, he is. I, I think that we probably since it's already ten fifty five, um, Xavier for use a use of you that that don't know, uh, where Xavier is. Uh, Xavier, uh, went down to Tampa Bay to visit uh, his cousin and go see the uh the Bears uh the Bears game. They pooped the bed. Yeah, that was uh I, I mean I knew that they were gonna lose by thirty points, but the way they did it was pretty ugly. Um so anyway, yeah, he uh he went down there to go see the game and hang out with his cousin. He will be back next week. So I think we'll hold the uh any grades because I mean it's already almost eleven o'clock anyway. Might as well hold the grades until uh, next week and then uh, we'll start fresh from there. So yeah. my question on Astros, what's your question on Astros? Yeah. So, so yeah. So he'll be back. He'll be back next week. I talked to him earlier today. 
So that'll be good. Um, we'll start. Uh, we'll officially make uh, next Monday the uh, the oh, outfield week. I see it. Where is it? Is it is it up above? Does oh, the loss to Houston gotcha. look better as they are in the World Series and beat Boston without McCullers? Yes, it does. Uh, I thought about that uh, actually earlier today. I think that it does look better on the White Sox. If the Astros go out and win the World Series, yes, uh, ultimately they can go, yeah, we lost, but it was to the team who won the whole thing. Everything. And- yeah, yeah, they were like, the best. They were, yeah, they were just on fire, and there's nothing we could do. I mean, yeah, they can say that, but on the other hand, as I watch the Braves, who have no center fielder uh, named Acuna, and uh, they're in the World Series as well uh, with a nice young roster, and uh, they're doing all the little things that uh, help you win. You know, like uh, fielding well, again- hitting cutoff men. And that's uh, one of those, uh, that's one of those things when you talk about, uh, catching fire at the right time and they just seem to, uh, do that. You know, they got clicking, uh, right. You know, right when they needed to, uh, Freddie Freeman has seemed to find his form yet again. And, uh, you know, that's been a big boost for them, but yeah, I, you know, there is something to be said about, you know, just getting hot at the right time. And, and, you know, it started to look that way for the white Sox the last week of the season, you know, minus uh, the last couple of games, but man, I, you know, <laughs> we could try to break it down as, as much as possible. Uh, I still had think that uh, resting guys as much as they did might've played a, an impact on the White Sox season. You know, you, could, you know, there's a lot to be said about, uh, you know, being out there with the same roster day in and day out and just knowing like second nature where guys are going to be in, 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 you know, that, that feeling of oneness, you know, uh, but you know, I don't want to spend too much time on that. So, you know, that's just kind of my thoughts on the Braves and how the white Sox kind of compare to that whole situation. But I agree. Uh, if the Astros are the team that, uh, does it all and they do it without, you know, they made it this far without McCullers since, uh, since the last time he pitched against the Sox. So, yeah, uh, it maybe takes the sting out a little bit, but it still doesn't make me feel any better about the White Sox not going on and uh, doing more things either. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that it definitely makes, you know, like I said, I think it makes the White Sox look better. Uh, the the issue that I have is that I don't care. Right, because the White Sox aren't there. Yeah, I mean, I, oh, I don't, I don't care if they look better. They lost. Right. Point blank, and they looked exactly like they've looked since June. So it was no shock to me whatsoever. You cannot win in the playoffs when you're overthrowing your cutoff man, when you're not taking walks, when you're striking out, when you're grounding into double plays all the time. You, I mean, you cannot, and, and your pitchers are walking everybody under the sun. You cannot win like that. No, and you know so, we can look about you know average runs per game and you know a run differentials and all these things, but you know that doesn't tell the whole story either. We it we've seen it all season long where the White Sox go out and they score eight, ten, twelve, fifteen runs in one game, and then they go silent for three straight, and, and that's not going to get it done. That's yep. just not going to get it done. Hundred percent agree. That's uh, yeah. I mean, to answer the question, yes, it does make them better, but. uh also, uh, like I said, 
I don't care. Well, yeah. So for the people that were here in the chat, I appreciate you. Uh, thanks for As coming always. in and uh, hanging out and listening to us ramble about the White Sox. And uh, thanks for providing uh, help with uh, content, with uh, questions and stuff, because that makes life a lot easier. Um, yeah, so uh, next week, Xavier's back. Uh, we'll start doing our grades uh, since the uh, the 40-man and Rule 5 took so long. Uh, we'll just go ahead and bump that till next week. And uh, – Probably do outfield and then infield and then uh, probably catcher I would assume and then uh, and then probably Save the move bus to or less. yeah move to the bullpen and then the starting pitching I don't know something like that we'll have to figure out exactly how we're gonna roll that up but um, but yeah thanks for coming to hang out tonight and uh, you've watched a another episode of White Sox Daily Live here on Twitch uh, I believe we are the only White Sox content here on Twitch. Um, I think there's a couple on some of the other streaming networks, but uh, we are the only one here, I believe. So uh, thank you for coming here. Um, yeah, so uh, at Daily White Sox on Twitter, uh, we've got uh, the old Facebook page for White Sox Daily, and uh, I think there's I think there's something else. There's uh, uh, Substacks as well, um, which you can find us on Substacks. Um, and this will be out in podcast form tomorrow morning. So uh, if anybody missed anything and wants to go back and take a listen, or if you are listening, uh, thanks for downloading. And uh, it should be on all your uh, favorite podcast download joints. So uh, anywho, uh, I am Ian Eskridge, and for my co-host, Danny Miller, you guys have a great night. Thank you very much.